This episode of We Run This is sponsored by Ekron Athletics. Do you often make this sound? I mean, you know that sound, right? It's the sound you make every time you get up out of a chair or out of your car or out of bed in the morning. I know you know that sound. It's your mouth making noises to express how your legs, neck, back, and joints feel from being stuck in one position for too long. If you're an athlete, you know these noises all too well. I mean, I make these noises often. And then I got the B37 Percussion Massager from Ekron. The B37 has been a game changer. The B37, it provides this deep muscle treatment like I have never felt before. In just a few minutes, just using this percussion massager, I start to feel better, I start to move better, and I even feel like I recover faster from long runs or classes or or anything I'm doing athletically. I mean, look, we'd, we'd all love to visit our massage therapist every week, but time and budget constraints often make that pretty impossible. But the B37 is a massage therapist right in your own home. So let me tell you a little bit more about the B37 and what it actually does. So it offers five different speeds and uses up to 56 pounds of force. It also comes with four different heads, so it can target different areas better. And the design of the actual massage gun, it makes it easier to hit those tough spots. You know those like tough spots that you can't get to with just your hand or you know rubbing a lacrosse ball against the wall or on the floor or however we runners and athletes with the weird things we do to make ourselves feel better. Well, you don't need any of that anymore. You just use the Ekron massager. You can hit all those spots and you'll immediately feel better. And best of all, the B37, it comes in a handy travel case. So you can take the massager anywhere. I mean, I took it on vacation with me this past summer, and I used it after a day of mountain climbing and, and trail running. I just took it out from underneath the bed, hit my muscles, felt good after 10, 15 minutes. I mean, there's never been a better time to get yourself a percussion massager from Ekron. So I'm telling you that you will not be disappointed, especially when you hear that I'm partnering with them to offer my listeners a special discount. So all you have to do is just head over to ekronathletics.com, get yourself a B37 or, or any of their percussion massagers, and use the promo code RUN20, and you get 20% off your order. It's that simple. So it's really time for you to stop making those weird noises, especially in front of strangers. Again, all you got to do, head over to Ekron Athletics. that's E-K-R-I-N, athletics.com. Get yourself a B37, use the promo code RUN20, and get 20% off. Your body will thank you. Your massage therapist, eh, she probably won't thank you as much.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Run This, the podcast for serious runners, hosted by a guy who usually isn't serious about anything. That guy is me. I'm Chris Luminati. And today I am joined by a special guest, a special two, two-time guest. You are our first two-time guest. Holly Sick, how are you? I'm awesome. And it's such an honor to be a two-time guest with all the Olympians you've had. So like, now I'm the two-timer. I get to like have that bragging rights. You are. What's more impressive, uh, two-time Olympian or two times on this podcast? Um, two times on this podcast, of course. Like anyone can train for the Olympics, but you have to be invited to be on this podcast. Yes. You have to train to talk to me for like an hour. <laughs> that is a training in its own. Or train to talk to me, I guess. No, you're, you are enjoyable to talk to you. That's why I wanted to have you on a second time. Also, I feel like the first time I had you on, we didn't really get to dive in what our topic is going to be today. And I feel like everybody, even people who have been running for years, will get something out of this topic. We're going to talk all about shoes, which is something near and dear to your heart. Of course. I'm, I mean, in the first episode that we recorded, you called me, what, a, a sneaker geek or something sneaker like geek. that? Yeah, so- did that stick? Yeah, now everyone, everyone's like, you're a sneaker geek, like, you know all the shoes. But I don't know all the shoes, I just know most of them, I guess. That's okay, you don't have to know all of them, you know way more than me, which is why I brought you on. (laughs) Why I appreciate it. Another reason why, too, uh, I recently wrote an article for uh, the manual, and it was the best um, trail running sneakers, and researching all of them, like, some of the words, and just, like, just the things associated with sneakers, like, my mind started like kind of getting all foggy and I'm like I wanted to not so much trail sneakers in this episode but we're gonna talk about regular running sneakers but I just all of the terms and everything I'm like my head was swimming so I was like I feel like I need to talk to somebody about this yeah there are so many terms with running shoes at like the end of the day you just want like a running shoe that's comfortable (laughs) like all the heel to toe drop like all that stuff like at the end of the day if it's it's either comfortable or it's not comfortable yeah, well, we're going to talk about all that, but first I want to catch up with you. You were saying before that the last time we talked to you, you were in one part of California, now you're in a different part of California. You're almost in the desert. Tell everybody where you are. So when we, I feel like this is a thing now, when I talk to you, I have to move somewhere else so that it can be like a new episode. Mm -hmm. But when I first talked to you, I was up in Northern California in Napa Valley. Perfect weather, perfect running. It was awesome. And then my spouse got his like dream career in the military down here in the Mojave Desert. So now I'm dealing with like 100 degree days, like all the time. It was 106 yesterday. Um, And we're about 90 minutes outside of LA. So about six hours south of where we were. Mm -hmm. So how has that changed uh, your running for you? Oh my gosh. I... I call myself a morning person, but like, if you're not out the door at 6 a.m. to run now here, like, it's too hot. By 7 a.m., you're like, it's a sauna out here. Mm-hmm. Do you have any time at night? Is there a time at night to do it? You could run at night, but also the other thing about down here is it's not really good to run like in the dark around here because we have these highly deadly snakes called green Mojaves which like, if they bite you, you have an hour to live. Like they air, they like, yeah, they like, 
things you helicopter you out of here if you get big because they're so deadly. So you don't, and they they slither around the roads. Like I'm not joking. Um, so I run only in the daytime or on the treadmill because I'm not trying to die. I, I'm I, so. Have you seen any? I have. I've seen one like on the trails in the middle of the daytime, and they're like more aggressive than regular rattlesnakes. So like if you're ten feet close to them, they'll shake your rattle, and it's terrifying. <laughs> Whoa. So do you still run with ear pods because of that? Not on the trails. Like there's too many wild animals out there. And I'm like a music and podcast, like diehard, but like I learned real quick. I'm not running on the trails out there. They're not like hanging out near the streets, are they? At at night they are. Like they'll slither to the streets. Um, I'm not joking. It's like, this is so new to me too, because we didn't have those in New Jersey where I used to live. Um, but at night they come up to like the streets because the streets are warmer because they hold heat longer. Oh, that's crazy. So you could like go out, to, so you could go out to your car at night to get something. There could be like a deadly snake just sitting right there. Yeah. And the, and like in some of the neighborhoods that back up like the sand dunes and like the the real desert, people have that. We're kind of like in the middle of town. So like they don't come to us as much, but like if we lived like a mile north, people have them all the time and they're like yards. What do you think you'll get used to first, the heat or the snakes? The heat, I think. I don't think I'll ever get used to the snakes. I hate snakes so much. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, and and you just have to get go, okay, well, I'm just going to have to come across these snakes every once in a while and just deal with it. Yeah, just like if you see one and you usually hear them because they shake their rattle, you're like, I'm going the opposite direction. I don't care if it's like 15 miles home. Mm. And see now being a New Jersey native around here, we're more like, I know sometimes when I'm on the trail, I'm like, did I think I just saw a bear? Did I just see a bear? <laughs> yeah, they there bears there too. There's too many animals. Like, I don't know where I like to run. I, I feel like I'm always seeing something. Yeah, so you always got to be... Uh cognizant of what's going on. Here's a more important question because you and I share another passion. Have you found any good diners where you are now? They're not the same as New Jersey. Like New New Jersey is diner king. Like no one can negotiate that. And the, it's also bagel king. There's no good bagels or pizza around here. Yeah. I, I, I actually saw that. Well, I've always heard that like in California and stuff, but I recently went out to Austin and a friend of mine lived there and he's like, I can't get pizza or bagels around here. Yeah, I, um, my friend just mailed me some from a place in, I forget Central Jersey. It's like well-known. Uh, oh, really? What's it called? You can, it's like Gold Belly. You can mail like um, like actual food from restaurants of like other places. Hmm, I didn't, I didn't. Uh... Oh, so it's all a bunch of different restaurants, not just this one bagel place. Yeah, it's like a bunch of different restaurants. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, wow, those must be pretty good bagels if they do a mail service. Yeah, they are good. I mean, they were 1,000 times better than anything I've had out here. What I've heard is the reason why is because of the water around here. And I'm I'm gonna get made fun of for the way I say water. I'm sure you say it that way too. Water, yeah, yeah. I do. We have hard water and that's what makes our bagels and pizza better than in the dough. If, I, if it is, they're delicious and I'll take it. Yeah. So a friend of mine and I were trying to figure out how to get our water out to people on other coasts <laughs> to make stuff. Like you bottle our New Jersey and New York and like terrible tap water and kind of like put it somewhere there and just make millions. Yeah. I mean, you'll be a billionaire next time that we talk. I'll try. You'll have moved and I'll be a billionaire. 
I mean, who gets the better end of that stick? Um, here's a better question. If I'm a billionaire, do I still keep doing the podcast? I mean, I would still keep doing it. You could be rich, but then you could be famous with the podcast. I'll do this. How about this? Um, I will be a billionaire who still podcasts, but I would have like a sick studio where people get flown in, kind of like Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan yeah. in the day before and like takes them out to dinner and then they're in the studio. Like I would do that for my guests. That would be awesome. I feel like it would be way easier to get guests then too. Yeah, they, I mean, anyone would want to. I mean, they're already interviewing with a billionaire. They would definitely want to. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll be doing so many interviews because I'm getting uh, rich off of tap water that maybe <laughs> people will want to talk to me. Yeah, I mean, you won't even have to pitch anyone ever again. That'll be Perfect. it. Although I will have to start getting, uh, I have to pay more attention to my business because literally when people see me make billions off of tap water and all they have to do is fill bottles of tap water in New Jersey to send to people, I feel like I'm going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of competitors pretty quickly. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking like you fill up the tap water and then your logo is just like a photo of your face. Like no one can compete with that. That's a good idea. And I even have a name for it. Ready? H2O. <laughs> That's perfect. No one can compete with that. It would be like Apple and Android. Like you would still be king. Should we just stop the episode and should I just go do that right now? I mean, if you give me just like a million, that'll be fine. Well, I'll cut you in. You'll be like my chief, uh, I don't know. We'll have a chief sneaker officer, chief rattlesnake collector. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take both those titles, whichever right. one. <laughs> chief diner scouter. We'll do that. Oh, even that one I'll take. There you go. I'll put you on payroll. How about that? Perfect. That's all I need. You'll open my California office and you just have to move to different places in California to open my. No. <laughs> That's ideal. I would like 99% of other places of California. There you go. So hey, this is, well, this has been a really productive first uh, 15 minutes of the show. This was the most productive of my week, I think. There you go. Uh, Why wow, you're not having a big, you're not having a productive week. You back? I think I lost you for a second. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Okay. Uh, you're not having a productive week? It hasn't been. I keep saying I'll do things, but then it, I haven't been as productive as I would like. Work-wise or like running-wise? Probably both. I mean, I've run, but it's been like 105. So it's like hard to be productive. And like when the weather's already like 90 degrees at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Do you find, um, I, I find this sometimes, uh, my runs can affect my work and my work can affect my runs. Yes. Okay. Which if one do you I'm, have more? I feel like if I'm like, I don't really, I wouldn't say like if I have a bad run, like I'm in a bad mood, like I kind of put that out of sight. But like, if I'm like super busy and like I need, I want to run, but I'm like super busy. I feel like I like run like a crazy, like, chicken with its head cut off I'm like I must run now and I run like too fast and then I'm like oh my gosh I like finished the run in like half the time are you currently training for anything not anything big I mean I'll do some half marathons like uh I'm gonna do the San Francisco half in a couple weeks oh awesome and probably like the La Jolla half in December I think they have I'll do a half marathon a month I think I wanted to do San Francisco a year and a half ago, and then this whole COVID thing happened. I don't know if you're familiar with that. 
but what a COVID thing. I live in the I live in the boonies. Like what we just we don't have anything out here. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's COVID. And um <laughs> so that happened and that took away my dream of running. I was gonna do it for because I think it fell right around my birthday. Is it in June? Yeah, June or July, I think usually. Yeah. It's in September now. Yeah, so when I originally was going to do it, it fell like right around like the week of my birthday and I was going to go out because I love San Francisco. It's awesome. Yeah, I was going to go to San Francisco. It would have been my first marathon and uh, I was going to run it like around my birthday and then COVID hit and then no, nothing happened. Rude. Yeah. COVID. But it'll always be there, maybe. It will. I mean, I'll look, I, I'll make a trip to San Francisco for any reason. I don't need I don't even need a marathon to do it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go there. Of course, everyone was like, so you're going to run your first marathon in like the hilliest place in the world. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it is super hilly. Like, but oh. this year was um, they changed the course just so that they could get it approved in September. And it's like the least hilly it's ever been. But I like hilly races because I, I feel like my feet, my legs just get like tired after the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I did uh half marathon I did was kind of hilly, uh, but the way they spaced it out, like the hills were in all the worst places. <laughs> oh, which half was it? It was the Princeton, uh, the high tops oh. one. Oh, it's really, yeah, it's no, I like, I think it's a great race. It's just like hilly in all the wrong places. You're right. Yeah, it, it is. It's like the, at the worst miles, like you're just like, I feel like one of them was like mile nine or 10. Yeah. Like yeah. There. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, this is like the worst. And it, and for some reason, it felt like I was never going downhill. Like, I feel like yeah. I was always going up. That's a, that whole, I love Princeton and I love running there. But like, I feel like they have the craziest hills out there. Yeah, it's just, and they're so, and you don't notice it. Like, I mean, I drive through Princeton all the time and you don't notice it in a car. But once you're on foot, you're like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like this is terrible. <laughs> so. Yeah. So let's dive right into our topic. Uh, I've got you on today to talk about sneakers and I'm super excited to talk. So let's give everybody though the backstory of like how you got into like, not, not the running thing, but you worked in a sneaker store, right? Yes. So I, um, I used to live in New Jersey, uh, Southern New Jersey, about 10 miles outside of Philly. And I worked in a run specialty store, running co of Haddonfield. There's like four locations, Haddonfield, Medford, Morristown, Mullica Hill. So four around South Jersey. And I worked there for eight years. And I really just like learned everything about shoes. And I didn't know anything about shoes before I worked there. Like I knew what I liked, but like what I liked is like definitely not what everyone likes, obviously. So like I learned like what was selling in the running world? Like what was trendy or like what was actually good? So um, I worked in run specialty for eight years and now I still like kind of have my toes in it. Do you remember what like the hot shoe was when you first started? Oh gosh. So um, when I first started in 2013, this is like right when Hoka was coming out mm -hmm. and Hoka looked like a monstrosity. <laughs> like you would have to bring out a Hoka shoe and be like, you should just try this on. Like, I know it looks terrible, but just try it on. Um, so they were like kind of trendy, but we were still in like that kind of minimalist phase where like, like five finger shoes were still like kind of a thing, but like um, Brooks was kind of like slowly coming up, but there was like, Hoka was definitely the brand that people were like, what is this? But it's still like kind of weird. 
So I'm maneuvering around. Like if you're watching on video, I'm maneuvering around because you're mentioning like giant shoes. So I just got these from Brooks and I'm trying to take them off because they're actually on my feet. They look like moon shoes. I'm, I can't even remember the model now. Oh yeah. Um, oh gosh. I'm going to be so embarrassed when I don't remember that name. It's okay. Cause I, I'm just going to look at it right now. Uh, I can't remember. And I wrote about it and anyway, so for, Oh, it doesn't even Let say me on the shoe. Anyway. So I got these and, uh, sorry for everyone listening. Oh, Aurora. Yeah, there we go. The Aurora. Okay. So when I got these shoes, uh, I was like, Oh my God. They look like moon shoes. I look like I'm going to blast off into space with them. Legit the most comfortable running shoe. Like, I feel like I'm running on pillows. Yeah, they're like super cushioned. But the thing about that shoe is like, Brooks didn't make a lot of them. So now I'm like worried, like people like you love the shoe. And then what are you going to do next year? Like, what if there's no second version because they didn't make a lot? Yeah, and they really, they got me away from, uh, I had just converted over to the Saucony um, Speed. Oh, yeah, the Endorphin Speed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Endorphin Speed, and I loved them, and then these came along, and I was like, whoa, I love these too, and so at least if these don't come back out, I can go back to the Saucony. Yeah. So I'm okay, but I do really like these shoes. Yeah, those are those are like giant pillows under your feet. They are. They look ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> sorry everyone at Brooks. I love you guys, but like if you compare them to like the like the sleekness of the ghost and stuff like that, like these literally look like moon boots. <laughs> yeah, they look like they're supposed to be a fashionable shoe, but then you're like, you know, you actually run in them. Yes. Or you look like you're supposed to shovel snow in them. Yeah. <laughs> That's how big they are. <laughs> so, but I do but I do love them, but you so you were saying about that they were chunky shoes at the time. Yeah, they, um, that was like really 2013 was like when more cushions started rising up in the running world. Because mm -hmm. it was minimalist for a while. So we, we, uh, we talked about the, the, you mentioned in the beginning, like the drop and stuff like that. Real quick, let's go over the different parts of the shoes. So people who don't know that are like, like or me are oblivious to things. Like what should people really pay attention to when it comes to parts of a shoe? So realistically, when you're trying on a shoe, the only thing you need to look at is, is this shoe comfortable? Like you don't need to know any of the other technology. You don't need to know any of it, but if it works for you, it works for you. Um, for running shoes, really like the upper is like all of the things that are, have to do with the fit of the shoe. So like, that's like, you know, I feel like I have a shoe somewhere back here. That's embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> if not, I can hold my shoe up again. No, I have one, but oh, it's, um, it's a trail shoe, but it kind of looks like it. Yeah. Um, so it's like a giant orange, mm -hmm. but anyway, so the upper is really just like all of the stuff that works to, for the fit of the shoe, like the shoelaces, the mesh that's on top, the toe bumper, all of that stuff. In an upper, you just want something that fits. And most people don't realize that like, you wanna get your shoe a half size bigger than your like regular shoe. So if you're like a men's size 10, you wanna get a 10 and a half running shoe. Like that's like not really an, ex there's not really a lot of exceptions to that rule. Ladies like always go up a half size, but like 
telling telling a lady she needs to go up a half size is like I'm going to steal her babies or something like that. It's like the worst thing in the world. But your feet swell when you're on them, so you just like want a bigger shoe because when you're running, your feet swell, so your feet are bigger at the end of the run. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't realize that. And then like underneath the shoe, you have like all the traction and um, really for this is a trail shoe you I mean your listeners can't see it but you can see it so there's like deeper lugs and yeah and then all of this like in the middle of the shoe you have what's the cushioning so the midsole so when a brand's like this is my midsole cushioning that's just like fancy of like this is what we use to protect your feet and your body mm -hmm. um we, we talked uh, briefly about shoe drop. What is it for people who don't know what a shoe drop is? So a shoe drop is like how high the heel and how high the forefront of the shoes are. So a high heels, a high heel drop is like when you're like a women's stiletto, like that's got a high heel drop. You're like walking on your toes where um, that's because the heel is just higher than the forefront of the shoe. Where a low heel drop, like a flat shoe, um, the shoe is more even. So there's more cushion like spread out throughout the, the front and the back. You mentioned that uh, one common mistake that people make is they don't go up a half a size. What are some other common mistakes that people make with shoes? So, one of the most common, obviously the, I would say the most common is people don't go up a half size. They just like, they don't realize that their feet swell. They think that having a tight shoe means it's more supportive. If I told anyone anything, if you learned anything from this podcast, a tight shoe is not supportive. Like that is just something you feel it's, it's not any more supportive than a looser shoe. Um, other mistakes, like people go on color, Obviously they think a shoe looks cool or they, um, they think that flat feet mean they need a, uh, like a stability shoe or like they need more arch support where most people don't need a lot of arch support. They just, they think they need the most supportive shoe ever, but they really don't. And then most of really the most common is like people just don't go with the right size, whether that's length or width. You mentioned the tightness of the shoe, which is a bad thing, but here's something that like a lot of people don't talk about. How tight should you tie your shoes? Just whatever's comfortable. Yeah. You don't, there's no like strict like rule of a shoe. Like you don't need to cinch the laces. You don't want it overly tight, but whatever feels comfortable that your heels not sliding is good. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times uh, I will kind of overcompensate for my tying if I know I'm going on a long run and I know my sneakers will get loose sometimes, because you know how they just like pop loose sometimes? So yeah, I yeah. if I tie them tight and if I tuck them in the sides, they won't get untied. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can always like tuck them in the sides. They shouldn't cause any problems. But I, if you tie them too tight, they might like cause irritation on your metatarsals or something. I am a shoelace tucker and I get made fun of for it. Are you a shoelace tucker? Yes, that that's like a cool kid's points. Like you're cooler if you tuck in your shoelaces. Yes, I never like, I even do it with like fashion sneakers and stuff like that. I don't like just a bow on the top of my sneaker. <laughs> it's like a present, but you don't, want, yeah, I don't like it either. I just, I try and tuck them in if I can. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at him. It's like he's wrapping a Christmas present. 
I just never, especially so some of the fashion sneakers when they give you like the longer laces, like those longer chunky laces. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't, but sometimes I'll get into the problem too. And I've had this problem. I've had this happen with running shoes and I've tried to get better with it. So when you tie and you tuck the laces, sometimes the laces go underneath your feet and you're actually running on the lace. And then you feel it too. Yeah. And it gets uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. There's some brands, actually Hoka, that I don't know why they make their shoelaces so long. Like it's unnecessary. I don't, I guess maybe they figure maybe they break off at the end and you still don't have to replace the laces. It's you still got some shoelace there. I have no idea. Like it's like a mystery to me of why you would waste money make, making your shoelaces so long. Sometimes I feel like people just get stuck or they just want to be, they want to be known as the shoe with the long shoelaces. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So they get into that kind of stuff. Um, another question. How many shoes should you have in your rotation? So ideally you, depending on your goals, if you're only running easy, like really you only need like one running shoe. But if you're doing like different types of runs, like you're doing a speed workout and you're doing an easy run and maybe you're even doing a track workout, you could, you could use like three shoes. Like you want, you want this like chunky shoe. That's like a lot of cushion that you just like, don't really feel that fast in. Mm -hmm. Like you're like this shoe. The only goal is recovery in the shoe. Like this is my easy run shoe. And then you want like a shoe that's like, you can pretty much use for anything. It's not like, it's not like the best for anything, but it's like good for most things. Um, like a common shoe like that for people is like the Brooks Ghost, the Hoka Clifton, um, Saucony Ride, even even like the Saucony Speed, some people run easy in, but that's usually a faster shoe. And then you want like your, your fast shoe, like whether that's your race shoe, whether that's your track workout shoe, like you want a shoe that like, you tie it up, you like, you lace it up and you know that you're going to run fast in, but then you don't run all your miles in that because you'll get hurt. It, it's funny that you're mentioning, and I never really thought of it before you're mentioning, you're saying to rotate based on the type of run where I've been rotating, just rotating. So like one day it's the Aurora, one day it's the Saucony, one day it's back to the Brooks. Like it, it doesn't even matter what the run is because all my runs are typically the same. Like I usually just do road Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Like if you, if you have multiple easy run shoes, because you're just running on the roads, like most of the time, like you're not, you're not having a dedicated speed day or a dedicated like long run day. Like that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, I have like three or four shoes that I like for like just easy runs. It just depends on my mood. Yeah. And so I try to rotate them, but then I sometimes forget like how long I've had them. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that people make the mistake of. Like people think this shoe will just die after 300 miles or 400 miles. But realistically, it's different for everyone. Like for you, you might get like 400 miles out of the Saucony Speed where I only get 200. But really you just like when the shoe starts to like just feel flat or like you're getting knee, hip, ankle pain, then you know like the shoe is like done. Like I don't track mileage on any of my shoes. I just put them on one day. I'm like, this does not feel good. I'm done with it. You know how I usually know when, um, when my runs start to consistently suck. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like that's the number one reason like that, you know, that a shoe is probably dead. 
Yeah, like sometimes I'll be like, one day I'll be like, oh, I'm just an off day. Or one day it's like, oh, it's kind of hot. But after like four or five, I'm like, uh, I think I need new shoes. Yeah, that's exactly how you should be. Like, you don't need to like track exact mileage. I had people that came in the store, they're like, this shoe has 270.03 miles on it. Do you think it's good? And I'm like, do you feel good in it? They're like, yeah, I feel great. And I'm like, then it's probably fine. So, I mean, the only way that I could think of they do that is they wear one shoe and then they just know the date that they started wearing it. And then they just use it. They're like Runkeeper or Strava and just look at all the miles they've done in it. Yeah, I think that's what they or like Garmin, I think, does it now. Like um, if I remember to log my shoe on Strava, it's like a good day. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've, st- I've I've gone with the Garmin. I still do Runkeeper. So I've been doing this program where uh, you work out twice a day. And okay. one of my workouts is a run just because I like running. And I've been doing like, you have to work out for 45 minutes. And that for me is, that's probably like, it's usually anywhere between five to five and a half miles a day. And I've been tracking it on my Garmin and then transferring it over to the app. But then I've been using RunKeeper for like three years. So I have to manually put in my stuff in RunKeeper. And I know I should be kind of tracking, maybe not should be tracking the shoes with it, but like after putting it in so many places, I'm like, I don't, I can't, I can't, how much information do I need about this? That's exactly it. Like I use Strava, but I don't know if I would use it if like my running data just didn't automatically sync there. If I had to actually do work with it, I don't know if I would use Strava. It's funny because I've talked to so many, and I'm talking like elite level runners on here. Like I'm envious of the people that are just like, I just go out and run and whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's how I am too. Like I just, I run and then I'm like done with it. And I like, sometimes I'll like people's things on Strava, but there's just like too much social media these days. Yeah, I don't like that part of it, but I, I need to know, I need to see the number. Right. Because I use it. Not only do I use it as a motivation to like run more, but I use it kind of like, I, I use it mostly for motivation. Like, oh, yeah. you have this many more, like, like for example, last month and, I, and because of time, I just couldn't do it. The month before I ran 139 miles. Nice. Last month I did 137 point something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on the last run, like I stopped and I saw what it was compared to the month before. And I, if I was home and with nothing to do, I would have done it, but I was on vacation. It was like the last day I had to get back to pack up the house. And I'm like, I don't have time. And it was the last day of the month. I'm like, I don't have time to run another mile right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like this, this it's good, but it's also kind of detrimental because now it's bothering me that I didn't run that one mile and a half. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I usually beat myself up for the other stuff. Like if you just would have ran another mile and a half a different day, <laughs> it always happens like that. Like you're at the end of the month and you're like, oh man, like I should have done more of this. Like I could have done it like one other day. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny. Like we beat ourselves up over the weirdest things. Yeah. No one noticed like next month, you probably won't even remember it was one month difference. No, like, and no one cares except us. And we just like look at it and we obsess over it. At least I do. No, I do too. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so we talked about how many shoes you have in the rotation. Uh, okay. So here's a, here's a good one. Because I want, I feel like sometimes this happens to a lot of people and they don't want to admit it or they don't do anything about it. How many runs should you give a shoe before you're like, you know what, this sucks. I don't like the shoe at all. So 
ideally you want a shoe to feel good the very first run that you go out in it. Like if you bought the Brooks Ghost, I keep using that as an example, but it's a common shoe. Yeah. It's a common shoe. A lot of people relate to it. If you brought the bought the Brooks Ghost and you go out for like a five mile run and it doesn't feel good, like I'd say give it like three or four more runs, like give it like a week. But like ideally you want a shoe to feel good like the moment that you go out and run. There's like a few a few exceptions to that. Like if you're someone who's always run in like a very high cushion shoe, like the Hoka Bondi or the Hoka Clifton, and then you go to a very like minimalist, like racing flat shoe, it's gonna take time for your body to get used to that. So if you've always been in like high heel to toe drops um, and you go into like a very flat shoe, your body's gonna take time to get used to that. Where like, most running shoes, if you're in the right type of running shoe, if you need a neutral shoe, you could try like a different neutral shoe. It should feel good, This the run that you go out in it. Um, sometimes Asics is a little dicey and they take a few runs to get used to, but for the most part, they should feel good. Should you, quote unquote, break in a shoe before you run in it? No, you don't. People, the thing about breaking in shoes is like people buy their shoes too small. So they think that their shoe should stretch before they run in it. But realistically, like your shoe, when you buy the shoe the right size for running, it's not stretching um, because it's already the right size. It's not stretching with your foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always heard this too. And I just, I never knew if it was true. So I'll ask you like, there've been times when I will wear a new shoe on like a race day. Is that a bad idea? If it's like the same, it's like, how much are you willing to risk? Right? Like if the shoe feels really good, like you've already put it on your foot, you tried it on and you're like, this feels really good. I mean, you can risk it. Or if you like always run in the Saucony endorphin speed and you just pick up a new Saucony endorphin speed you can risk it like it will be fine it's usually the same model yeah it's like in a race (laughs) yeah it's the same model I mean it's very advisable to run a few runs in it and I recently as much as I've worked in running shoes I recently made this mistake of running in a new shoe I've run in this shoe it's the um the ASICs uh, uh, magic speed. Yeah, ASICs magic speed. Um, And I've run already like a full, like I've already run through an entire model of the shoe. Like I've already run through 400 miles in the shoe. And I was like, okay, I'll just take it out for a workout. Thankfully it wasn't a race. Um, And I got like a bloody heel on the second one. And that like never happens to me. And I was like, I should have taken it out for an easy run, but you know, you never know. But the long story short is like, if it's the same shoe, you should be fine. It's always better to run a couple runs, but you should be fine. Yeah, that, that happens to me sometimes. Um, some of the shoes, there was one I had recently, the kind of the back of the shoe back here, kind of like either pokes at me. Or yeah. They, yeah, or they make it so that it's almost like the easiest way to describe it to people who are listening is it's almost like the top of Batman's head, like the cow, the cow, like the two pointing, like imagine Batman's ears pointing up and it kind of like my, the back of my ankle will like dig in 
and in between and like the two it's almost like two spikes like going into the back yeah the yeah yeah and that's like the worst and like but that doesn't you don't start feeling that until like a mile or two into the run and you're like oh god it's really poking me and then it like really bleeds and it looks worse than it is a lot of brands have gone towards these weird weird heels lately and i'm like why yeah like it these were never trendy like a year ago and people were running fine that that always seems to be the part of the shoe too that like kind of breaks down the quickest for me yeah like the back of the shoe like when you go to put it on i guess so many times like it kind of like starts to fold in on itself and it kind of like when i go to put it in there and then it's like kind of folded over and touching the back of my ankle when i'm trying to run yeah a lot of um that's uh so a lot of brands use like a plastic heel counter in their heels so there's like an actual plastic piece in the heel like right in here um and if you don't untie your shoes all the time sometimes it can like bend that plastic heel so i always tell people untie your shoes like every single time it's annoying but like it'll usually save the heel counter yeah i'm super lazy with that sometimes like i'll like slap. yeah that's i mean everyone like not everyone but most people are but you can save the heel if you untie your shoes yeah yeah i, I try to remember to do that but i i, I don't um do you think people get married to one particular brand for too long? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Um, it used to be like a decade ago that like brands were so vastly different that if you liked Saucony, you would think that Brooks was the worst shoe. Like it would just wouldn't feel comfortable to you. And like that with any brand, Saucony, New Balance, Nike, Asics. But now all brands pretty much make a similar shoe to each other. So if you need like a high cushion neutral shoe, then every single brand has a high cushion neutral shoe. If you want like a, a stability shoe with some arch support, then like every single brand has a shoe with arch support. You just got to figure out if that one's comfortable to you. But that being said, if you're like healthy and the shoe's working for you, no need to change either. It's just kind of boring. Right. Yeah. I get because I sometimes I feel like for so for a long time I was the Brooks guy. Now I'm back to Brooks. For a little bit I was talking like I don't I don't really get married to them, but I feel like sometimes based on like time constraints or things like you're just like, look, I know this works for me. I'm gonna go and get those. I might change the model up a little bit, but I'll yeah. like one brand because I know it's worked in the past. Yeah, and I mean there's nothing wrong with that. Like Brands have been, especially Brooks, Brooks is one of the most consistent brands. Like, you know what you're getting year after year. And you can't say that with every brand. Some brands, like, you're like, I love this model. And now the next model you hate. Um, Mizuno does that a lot with their shoes. So, like, it's always good to have some, like, backups <laughs> that you're like, I could deal with this shoe if the other, if my favorite one is, like, not great anymore. What would you recommend to people who live in a certain area? Maybe you might be one of those people now <laughs> who, live oh, in, who live in a certain area where they can't get to a specialized running shoe store and the closest place is like a Dick's that only carries like three or four brands. Like what would you suggest to people? Like how do they try shoes or different brands? So, I mean, Dick's Sporting Goods has good running shoes, but you've got to weed through a lot of bad running shoes that are labeled as running shoes there. I tell people like, do your research about running shoes. Ask people that are professionals, like if you know like a running shoe person, like ask them and then just go try some on. 
at the end of the day, like you just are looking for a shoe that feels comfortable to you. It is like definitely if running is like your very serious new hobby that you want to do, like it's worth it to drive somewhere. And that's like me, I have to drive to Los Angeles and that's like 90 minutes away, but it is worth it to drive somewhere. But if you can find a shoe that just like feels comfortable when you run, that's all you're looking for. Maybe you should make shoe stores like your new diners and you go searching for new ones around you. Yeah, I could. I mean, I already know which ones are around here within like 90 miles, but. There you go. Um, you already scouted them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you found any that you like? Um, I haven't been to any yet because like when I drive to Los Angeles, I'm very like, usually I just want to get in and get out because there's, there's so much traffic there. But um, I haven't like taken a lot of time to just like go into the different stores yet. I've only been here like, uh, I've been here two months, but then I spent like a month on the East Coast, so. I figured you couldn't get to the stores because the rattlesnakes have uh, cornered you in. You couldn't get out to your car. Yeah, or the mountain lions or bobcats. Like there's always some sort of animals. Why would you even go outside? I asked myself that, like it's 105 degrees. Like why do I even go outside? Yeah, it's 105 and it's, it's animal, it's Jumanji outside. Why? Someone told me it was like National Geographic in my backyard. Yeah, that is true. So you're literally, so you got to put a lot of stuff in your house. Uh, I'm, I'm, do you have a treadmill? Yeah, we do. Okay, good. There you go. <laughs> That's all I need. A treadmill with a giant picture window that you could just look out. Yeah, exactly. That's all I need. <laughs> um, so real quick, before we wrap up, is there any like new shoe brands or new that you're like loving or that people should check out or? So I'm a really big fan of a Treyu right now, which is like A-T-R-E-Y-U, a Treyu. And they're, um, they're a local company. They're uh, based in Austin, Texas. They're a bunch of cool dudes. Um, and their shoes are only 70 or $85. And they're good shoes. Like they're very just like, they're not complicated shoes. Like they're good fitting upper. They're lightweight. They're lightweight, like, um, like just bottom of the shoe. Like they're just light and they're just good. They're like what running shoes used to be until we like super complicated them. <laughs> um, but right now, and I'm also like, I'm kind of on the Asics train a little bit, but like, I like their racing shoes. So I like those two, but like, I don't know. I, I haven't really found a lot of running shoes that I'm like, these are terrible. Lately, lately. There's been some few, a few like before, but lately there hasn't been too many. Ooh, I might, uh, you, you want to tell me one terrible one? So about three or four years ago, Asics came out with the Metaspeed, I think it was called, and it was a $250 shoe. It and you would think it would be like the Nike Vaporfly, you know, you're like, I'm going to run fast in this shoe. And that's what it was marketed as. But it was terrible. It felt like a giant clunkster on your foot. And it was just like, didn't feel comfortable. What's your, what's your least favorite shoe? Least favorite? I kind of, I, I was a big Asics guy. I've fallen out of love with Asics. It's not all like, I don't know. Like I, I kind of jumped to, when I jumped to the Saucony. I, so I was Brooks. 
Then I went Asics, and then they like none of them really felt right. And then I went back to Brooks, and I'm like, why did I even switch? And then I think I tried one more in there, just because I needed another sneaker, and like I, I added one an Asics to my rotation. I don't even remember what it was, and I just wasn't. And I'm not saying it's a bad shoe. They're clunky, like they're like heavy guys. Yeah, but like the other one that the other stuff that I went to, all of them, like it's funny because I can name all of the ones I love. Mm. from like Brooks and everything but the Asics one I couldn't even tell you what they were <laughs> yeah that's fair like Asics is just like a, it's still like a very heavy brand um so a lot of people just feel like it's like they're running with like cinder blocks on their feet uh Nike never been a Nike guy I haven't really found like a Nike shoe that I love like I can I found Nike shoes that I can tolerate but like I haven't found one that I'm like this is awesome I actually got sent a pair of Reebok. I like Reebok. Oh, I oh no. I have not tried yet just because they don't, like they don't even look like a running shoe to me. <laughs> oh no, I, I was gonna actually, funny you say that. I was gonna say, I really do like Reebok right now as well. Okay, well, I mean, look, like we said, it's different strokes for different Oh yeah, brands. totally. Yeah, so everybody out there should try, you know, dabble in other brands, ask other runners what they're using, mm-hmm. you know, give them a test run, go to places where, uh, did your, did your running stores have a treadmill inside where people could test? Yeah. And I mean, most running stores have like an exchange or return policy. So you can run miles in them. And if you hate them, you can just go back. There's another option. Just don't step on any rattlesnakes with them. And <laughs> Don't, don't like ha- uh, have poison on them, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, sir, you can't bring these back. There's poison on these. We can see the bite marks. We can see the fang marks. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then real quick, before oh we tell everybody where they can find you online. I am just fueled by Lulz. So F-U-E-L-E-D-B-Y-L-O-L-Z.com or like that's all my social media too. I pretty much have all social media. I have no friends out here. So I got to use social media to my advantage. There you go. You were smart and you branded everything the same thing. And I'm like, I'm a dinosaur in social media years. I started like 2012, I think. So, I mean, those handles were all like available. Okay. If you're a dinosaur in social media, I am Adam to eat <laughs> because I started Twitter. I was on Twitter in 2007, uh, like, yeah, 2007 ish. Facebook, like maybe a year before that. I don't know. Like, I've been on far too long gosh did you sign the constitution then too i did i did me and my buddies then we went and had drinks and had some tea threw it in a harbor and uh we really we really we really enjoyed ourselves uh um after the whole first time i signed on to twitter i get i hate those i get those notifications sometimes it's like your twitter anniversary it's like 16 years or something like yeah. that. i'm like oh god that's like, a- on this thing what the hell like they haven't come up with anything better than this yeah <laughs> that's always the worst well holly thank you so much you oh, thank you for having me amazing my my first two time my best two time this i mean so either i become a billionaire and you move but that's the next time we're going to be on okay i mean at least like give me some options to move somewhere like more enjoyable Okay. Well, that's on you or your <laughs> husband getting a job. You, you said he got his dream job. So I feel like you're not going anywhere. No, we're not. <laughs> well, I feel like the pressure's on me to become a billionaire. 
Yeah, pressure's on you. No pressure out here. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. After the episode is over, uh, all our recycling is out on the curb. I'm going to grab as many bottles as I can, going to put tap water in there, and I'm just going to start mailing them to pizzerias and bagel places in the on the West Coast, and maybe it'll catch wind, and I'll be Amazing. The- That's perfect. I'm a billionaire faster, and then I'll still do the podcast, and it'll be a traveling podcast. Oh, that's even better. That's awesome. So many ideas here. That's a great idea. Like I'll get a giant Winnebago and fill it with like, it's like a moving studio and we can, I've actually had that idea. So we can, we can, we'll talk about it real quick at the, at the end of this episode. But one of my ideas that I formulated all through COVID because I was so tired of being inside the house and talking to people. So I was going to try and figure out where a lot of my past guests were. Yeah, yeah. Have a recurring, like have them on for another time and then go for a run with them on the episode. And I would travel to the different parts of the country. So it's like, oh, this person's here and like hit them up and then go to all different places until I got to the West Coast. That's awesome. Yeah. That would be a fun idea. I just need somebody to sponsor it. <laughs> yeah, that would be an expensive but fun idea. It will, maybe, maybe either Winnebago will sponsor it or I got to make my billionaire bottle water company and then I don't have to worry about sponsors. Well, I haven't seen like Winnebago in this uh, podcasting world. So like you could be the first one, like they're not oversaturated or anything. Are you saying that there's no Winnebago influencers? Not that I know of, but I know that van life is a big thing. So like that could be you. It is, it is. Maybe I should go the van life route, like van life running. That would be awesome. I think that would be great. And then I'll market H2O while I'm out there. (laughs) It's a perfect name. It is. I, 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 I almost kind of hope someone steals it and does something with it. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be mad at all because I'm not going to do anything with it. But I hope someone steals it. I hope it comes to light somehow. I hope so, too. And then I'll just sue them. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and I have video recorded proof that I came up with it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll take the stand on your behalf. That's how I make my billions. I'll let someone else take the name and then I'll sue them. Oh, my gosh. Our... Our ideas just like are flourishing right now. Great. This is going to be great. We're going to get you that treadmill with the big picture window at any moment. Okay, perfect. Cool. Holly, thanks so much for being on. It's been great. Thanks for letting me come on. And that's going to wrap up another show for this week. I want to thank my guest, Holly Sick. To learn more about Holly, check out her website, Fueled by Lowell's. That's fueled by L-O-L-Z.com or follow her on Instagram at fueled by Lowell's L-O-L-Z you know Lowell's like laughing out loud yeah that's it also please remember to share this show with friends and fellow runners and leave a five star review on iTunes I greatly appreciate it until next week take care see everyone out on the road and as always stay fresh cheese bags